Hello, Polytopians. Thanks for tuning into the Polytopian Times. I'm your host, Sam, and uh, today we've got ourselves a nice episode about Luxador. Well, it was once one of the best tribes in the game, and is now, well, uh, at best, mediocre, and at worst, one of the uh, least proficient tribes left in Polytopia. So without any further ado, let's take a look at the Luxador. The lush green meadows and verdant pine forests of the Republic of Luxador flow past you as you ride on the Hauda, borne by a Fantrix, an elephantine beast native to the Luxador's lands. They're essential to the Luxadorian society, used for transport of everything from goods to people, like you, as well as manual labor like agriculture, and of course, war. The luxurious welcoming is a very positive sign for the deal you propose to your client, a courtesy of course, but upgraded. Why send such a lavish ride for a deal you didn't wish to pursue, especially this far in the process? The road from the port town of Usisis is a short one, and you expect to reach your destination soon. The city of Exiga. Not quite the capital, but a fine and prosperous place by all means. You can see such in their lands as you approach the city. Farms with dark, loamy soil breaking the surface, dotting the otherwise open meadows where loamy fruit is growing wild. Not too far off on the slopes of the snow-capped mountain range to your right are some mines, a busy place full of motion, even when seen from here. Fantrixes are busy hauling loads of ore from the mines to the forge in the valley below, and from there another stream of Fantrixes carts the smelted ore into the city for the craftstopians and the artisans to work with, with a due cut for the central treasury through taxes, of course. That would be turned into currency. Lumber huts show a similar propensity for production, sending their wood to a sawmill and likewise off to the city for various crafts and works. This wealth was something the Luxador had inherited from their origins in the Civil War of the Ancients. Back when the Ancients were embroiled in their war, a new but wealthy province of the Empire was largely being forgotten. They had wisely chosen to remain largely neutral, neither sparking any signs of provocation, nor showing growing thoughts of secession to their superiors. When at last the war had begun to reach a peak, and with many tribes now revolting, the ancients were forced to withdraw their garrison from the new province of Luxador so they could assist in the fight elsewhere. It was at this time that the Luxador showed their true colors and declared their independence. The ancients were at this point in the war unable to turn around and provide much attention to this new upstart, and the Luxador largely remained neutral in the ensuing conflict, staying safely in their lands. As a result, Unlike the other tribes, the Luxador were able to keep their provincial capital in the New Republic, a veritable boost to their later development. The greatest loss they suffered during the war was the hard-earned knowledge their expeditionary corps had delivered to the ancients, which through the generations became known more commonly as the legend of the lost explorer of Luxador. That combined with poor early urban planning that prohibited the construction of a central workshop within their capital provides the only shortcoming of that ancient heritage. It's not long before your fantrix carries you up to the edge of the city, a mass of red stone and gold roofs and tan cobblestones, with giant glittering emeralds piercing the facades and prominent spots, you get to see the modern incarnation of this people. They're elegantly garbed in flowing purple silks, wearing white turbans adorned with an emerald in the center, much like the buildings around them. Emeralds are one of the many signs of wealth here in the Republic of Luxador, an exceedingly important status symbol in their culture. You head further down the main road on your Fantrix, the driver is slowing down now that you're in town. On either side of the main road, palm trees are planted, framed in by the cobblestone and providing shade for those out and about. 
Shops are present in the first floor of nearly every structure, and you have yet to go past the market, where there's surely a plethora of goods to be bought and sold. Although there are plenty of shops selling more practical wares, it seems the majority are hawking expensive trinkets and jewelry, exotic ornaments, rare spices, well, rare for the Luxador anyways, and exquisitely lavish porcelain jars from the Luxadorian mountains. It's just another example of Luxadorian society, dominated by the need to amass and flaunt their wealth. Before long, your howda arrives in front of the Inn of Exegelus, named after the Luxadorian god of wealth in a bid to bring more visitors by playing to their faith. You dismount and head inside, greeted by the innkeeper, who guides you to a private room where your potential client waits. The room is decadent, like most things Luxador, and has the remains of a recent political party rally. Traces of brightly colored ribbon remain in the corners of the room, and still posted on the wall opposite the door is a poster of the Access Party, the faction backing the current emperor. Luxador is a unique tribe, holding elections to choose their emperor, with an extravagant party rallies where the candidates try to outstage the others with displays of their fortunes. The Luxador, of course, tended to vote for the wealthiest candidate, a show of their desire for financial supremacy. A set of fine jars is laid out on the table, filled with the exquisite Luxadorian diamond tea. It's no surprise that you're being greeted with a ceremonial tea party, given what you've seen so far. As the Luxadorians say, the price shows the quality and looks, looks to be quite a quality partnership. It's not a thing you turn down, even after a day of travel. That sort of rejection in Luxadorian society would immediately cripple the chances for this deal to succeed. The far side of the table, your hopefully new client already sits, elegantly dressed, with the largest emerald you've seen a Luxadorian wear tucked into their turban. Given the size of the thing, you're surprised their head doesn't tilt slightly. It's another promising sign of the potential prosperity this deal could hold. You take a seat, grin, and get ready to negotiate a profit. Well, that's a look at the lore of the Luxador, but uh, let's take a look at uh, some other traits of their lands. Specifically, let's look at their spawn rates, their terrain, and uh, their other starting tech. So, uh, starting off with their resource, and it's just boring, because um, they have the default spawn for every single bit of terrain. Uh, there's nothing special about them at all. And uh, they also don't start with the starting tech. Uh, instead, they do have a leveled up capital, which gives them one extra star per turn. An extra warrior they can make before leveling up their city. Yeah, I mean, there's some perks to this, um, certainly. They can be a very versatile tribe. They're very flexible in their early game approach. They're also good at expansion by spamming warriors out in like the very early game. Uh, again, that extra warrior can mean an extra city claim before somebody else can get to it. Very useful to have, for sure. Uh, however, there are some clear drawbacks here. First off, uh, the capital does not get a workshop or an explorer. Um... So you just get an extra star per turn off bat. And I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. There's certainly worse things that could happen, but it's still not good. Um, that can certainly hit you hard, especially on smaller maps, losing out on that explorer. And on, I mean, any map, really, that extra star per turn does count. Beyond that, those default terrain spawns are, they're okay, but I mean, it means nothing's boosted. So you don't have a resource to rely on heavily, like, a lot of other tribes lab. There's no boost to fish or metal or farms or anything. It's all just basic. And without a starting tech, you're gonna have to buy something if you want to start to grow the first cities you run across. And there's no guarantee you'll be running across the same resource in those cities, given those no propensity for the same resource to spawn in those cities. So, some clear drawbacks present with this tribe as well. Let's, uh, let's talk over some light strategy again there. 
they're very flexible, very versatile tribes. That's something to leverage with them. Uh, so I'm not going to go too crazy with their strategy. And we'll keep it fairly high level with this tribe. So, I mean, just starting off with Luxador, uh, just honestly, for your first three turns, just spam warriors. Um, it'll give you a maximum expansion potential. Technically, it can give you, I don't know, an attempt to try and pull off a three warrior siege of an enemy capital really early in the game. That is, if you can see it, if you can produce all three warriors in time, get them in place, and manage to pull all that off without the enemy realizing that you just stuck three warriors in the range of their capital, thus uh, giving you a potential win condition. Um, I mean, realistically, that's not going to happen. Uh, or at least it's not going to be a common occurrence against like a skilled player. Um, but technically, that is a thing maybe you could do uh, early on. Honestly, though, beyond spamming warriors for fast expansion and being able to contest some folks, um, you really want to get to building your economy as quickly as you can because, um, I mean, you don't have anything else to do it with and you want to you want to start getting towards that giant early on. You do have an extra level on your capital, which means maybe you can get a giant one turn earlier. Maybe if you can get your economy rolling fast enough. Um I mean, as far as that economy tech goes, your first eco tech when you're starting off, uh, it's it's going to be a little rough to choose. Again, the terrain spawn rates are default, which means nothing is boosted. So it really depends on what resources are in the villages that you find more so than your capital. Capitals technically are leveled up once. What you want to do is make sure these villages you find don't stay at level one when you get there. You want to buy the one resource tech you need, that one economy tech, to upgrade those cities so you can get that upgrade done. So um, you're going to want to make that decision based on what resources are spawning in your given circumstances. Could be fruit, could be hunting, um, maybe fishing. Maybe you're really unlucky and you've got to go with a combination of those three. Or maybe you're even more unlucky and the best bet you can do is one of those three in a row. But, uh, you know, those are at least some options to help you out. And of course, sometimes if you only have like one game, but you have hunting and there's a fruit there as well, you don't have to buy organization if you already have roads because then you just lay down a road to get that extra pop so do factor that in as an option as well now uh some more general advice uh just to keep in mind um you're gonna need a variety of economic texts to keep up economic growth in the game again because of the spawn rates so i need to go into super depth there but um just keep that in mind you're gonna need to get text and uh Otherwise, you want to make sure you're not falling behind on the techs that you're going to need in the game. So, I mean, yes, you want to be expanding as always. You know, keep in mind, Abe always be expanding. Um, you know, your economy, your territory, however you can do so, keep that growth going. Um, but also don't fall behind on your tech research because uh, especially with Luxador starting out with nothing, you're going to need to have techs to be able to do anything in this game. And uh, you have to be aggressive to get them. So just make sure you're doing that. Now, there's some general advice for playing Asm, some really general advice for playing against them. It's even harder to recommend advice for this because, I mean, with as flexible and versatile a start you have, they aren't really shoehorned into any specific start, even at their very beginning beyond putting out a bunch of warriors. So, I mean, some general advice to counter them is just have a better economy. That's something any turn zero tribe should be able to pull off, and you can steamroll that. And uh, even other tribes like Yadok, for example, they should be able to pull that off uh, as long as you have a decent start. 
So, um, you know, that's usually a good way to ensure that you have the advantage and can get a win on them. Um, the usual forward settling works, you know, if you can get into their borders and uh, put your units in their range, grab some cities and uh, make sure they can't expand out and grab more villages, uh, then you can counter their um, their ability to expand with their many, many warriors. Um, beyond that, you're going to want to see if you can't stick them into the aggro hole, maybe. Now, uh, this is something they might have a propensity to do, given they think that they're going to be great at early game warfare. Uh, it's certainly going to hurt them a lot because they don't have the strongest economy starting up. They don't have a way to build that up very quickly. So that would be the push to do there, uh, if you can. Overall, why would you want to play this tribe why would you want to play as luxor well i mean easy enough it's for the versatility and the flexibility of their play style that's something that you really can't undercut it's really one of the defining characteristics of luxor what makes them viable really for any reason whatsoever um and of course their ability to expand early on is nice um and that's honestly separate from that flexibility that they have in their play style So that wraps up a brief look at Luxador. It wasn't too crazy or long, but I, I hope you did enjoy. Uh, thanks as always for tuning in, and uh, until next time, see ya. Secret special call out for Boko Boy. Hey, keep it up like a champ, Boko Boy. Oh, and uh, yeah, check out the Discord.